0: you tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the NHL. Coyotes up 3-0 on the Capitals already, 14 and a half minutes into the game. Jets lead the Hurricanes 2-1 after 2. Canadians up 3-1 on Seattle with 15 minutes left. Penguins and Flyers going to overtime, tied 1-1. Lightning taking it to the Stars. It's 4-0 with three minutes left. Still to come, the Blues and the Golden Knights and Monday Night Football. Late in the first half, 14-14, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. We have uh, the next Oilers game coming up on Wednesday against the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, six o'clock for the faceoff show here on 6:30. Chad, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now at 4:30. Uh, I was saying 7:30 start. It's going to actually be closer to 7:50 because of American Television. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen Kennedy, what do we have? We have decks. I'll read them. Here
1: we go. Um, John taking issue with uh, Jed Roberts' comments in the last half hour on uh, Ryan Nugent uh, Hopkins. He says, uh, Jed doesn't understand the Nuge situation. Nugent Hopkins signed for much less than he could have got on the open market just to be an oiler. Why would you trade away someone with that dedication to the team? It's a pet peeve when people say trade Nuge because they don't understand his value. That's from
0: John. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you got a difference of opinion with Jed. Who uh, he, Jed, would, he would try to Get Nuge to waive his uh, no move clause, which would be easier said than done. I I don't think that's going to happen. That's Jed's opinion on the player. Uh, Jed is someone I respect. Do I agree with everything he says? No. Do I think everything he says is going to happen? No. But that's that's how Jed feels, and that's how that texture feels. But I, I think a trade of Nugent Hopkins would be very unlikely, and uh, most uh, a lot of the Oilers' significant players do indeed have no movement clauses. Mm-hmm.
1: We've got an unknown text in here. Uh, by the way, if you have a text, send in a little nickname. Yeah, give us a name it. or a handle or yeah, something, we'll, baby. I could key it into our system here and then forever. Then I will you're know saved text
0: forever as so one, one of our
1: friends. Uh, exactly. Uh, but they text in and say uh, and, and they want to ask, Reed, is the seven and free clip over the past ten games the Oilers have had, is that enough to get them into the playoffs?
0: Oh, if they win, if they get 70% of their remaining points, yes, they, they'd be fine. Uh let me double check what that would be cuz i didn't calculate so if they what are they they have 60 games remaining so that's mm-hmm. 120 points right mm-hmm. so if they got 70% of 120 did i say yes my god <laughs> i can't type everybody hang Uh-oh. on yeah that would give them 84 points Plus the 19 they have. Okay. So, so that would be
1: 103 points. 103 points. So they'd not only be, uh, you know, in the playoff hunt, but it would be almost like a home ice situation.
0: Uh, well, maybe. I, I mean, they would certainly be, if they got to 103 points, they would be in. They, they got to play, because what, I've been using 95 points as a threshold. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, they still need 76 points. So out of 120, so they still got to play about 630. They still got to have about a 633 points percentage. But yes, if they get 70% of their remaining points, yeah, absolutely, they would be into the postseason. Mm. On the other side of that,
1: Sad Sack Mac text in tonight and says, Reed, the Oilers are finished. They can't win with one goalie. Campbell is washed up. Pickard is a minor leaguer, and we can't trade for anyone who will help without giving up significant pieces. That's from Sad Sack Uh
0: Well, I would agree they could use another goalie. I would agree that it's going to be tough to get a goalie of any caliber without giving up something significant and might hurt you in another area. I would not agree that they are are finished. I mean, they have they have done this last little stretch pretty much with with just Skinner now I know that gets maybe gets tougher as the year goes on but i I would not i i am not yet at the point where I would call the orders finished i guess we'll see
1: Bappy texting and uh, obviously loving the Yanmark comments from earlier on in the show says Matthias Yadmark is a professional, poised and polished player, not a star, but exactly the type of responsible and smart player the Oilers need. Love that he was willing to mix it up in Winnipeg. That's from Bappy.
0: Well, that's another thing we didn't talk about. I mean, probably an interference penalty when he set that pick on Morrissey because he was still moving. When he set the screen, kind of like in basketball, if you claim your ground and a guy runs into you, it's it's not going to be a pick. Probably could have been a call, especially since Morrissey was shaken up on the play. Obviously, the Jets weren't happy about it, but you saw Yanmark after it, kind of kind of grinning and yapping and saying, "Yeah, okay, well, I did something. All right, didn't didn't shy away from that." I think I mean Yanmark knows his role. He knows who he is. He, he, he I do think he's a good penalty killer. I think he's. a Part of the penalty kill, I know he's not out there the whole time, but I do think he's helped. I think he's part of the reason it's doing a little better. He can have some flexibility in the lineup. I mean, the, the game Hyman was sick. He went and played on the top line. He's not a top-line player, but he can play there in an emergency and be safe and responsible if you need somebody. So, yeah, I mean, kind of a, kind of a versatile, and I think that protector used the word responsible. I think that's fair.
1: Mm-hmm. Blake up in Cold Lake Texting in tonight Says Hi Reid The Oilers special teams And goaltending Have finally woken up The only thing that cost Jay Woodcroft His job Was the players Being sleepy And overconfident Out of the gate Too bad Chris Knobloch Will suffer the same fate In less than two years uh, Until these players Learn that every second Of the game or, uh, Sorry Until these players Learn that every second Of every game counts There we go uh, Good coaches Will keep playing Or keep paying The price rather That's from Blake in Cold Lake
0: uh well I, I, a little bit of pessimism there about knoblock shelf life but I think that's going to be one of the discussion points and perhaps one of the ways in which this season is remembered um, and we'll see how the team does here what have they been doing as well lately with Jay Woodcroft you know did they just all have a slump out of the gate and and play poorly was that Jay's doing? Did he do enough to fix it? Did he? As I've said, I've covered a few coaching changes now, and this was the one that was the most not confusing, but the, but the most where I guess maybe the the least obvious. You know, like you knew the record was bad and oftentimes that's an indication that something is coming, but I didn't get the sense the players were tuning out Woodcroft and it was really Woodcroft's first significant slump. So it's kind of like, really like one bad stretch is going to cost him his job. It did. Uh, and again, I think Jeff Jackson was, uh, spurred the decision probably more than, than Ken Holland. So Jackson has his guy now coaching the team. Um, but I, I, th- I think that's an interesting debate. Was the team being poorly coached or were there a bunch of players who simply were not playing anywhere near their potential for an extended period of time? I think that's a fair and interesting debate. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one here from Herman on a text line here, and he says that all the coaches talk about accountability. Okay, that shouldn't be uh, about just punishing players who are doing bad. Give a, re- or give a reward rather to guys who do well. Why can't a hard worker like Hamblin get some time with Connor or Leon? Why do we have to continually watch Connor Brown not score as a top six player? A coach should be aware of who has the hot hand. That, again, is from Herman.
0: Yeah, that's a fair discussion. I I think specifically the players he mentioned, and Hamlin's been a great story, what he's picked up uh, three points, I think, in the last six or seven games. So good for him. I would think when you have a player like Hamlin having a good game, you would probably increase the ice time for his entire line by two or three minutes rather than promoting Hamlin specifically. uh, into a top six position. I mean, Hamlin did bump down Ryan McLeod uh, on the third line a couple of games ago, so he has been somewhat promoted. I I don't know if a guy like Hamlin, and again, great story, a hard worker, I don't know if he would go from line four to one necessarily. Connor Brown, yeah, I mean, he hasn't scored, didn't have a point until, uh, which game was it? I think Anaheim he got a point. So, yeah, fair comment. Now, he has been taken out of the top. He was hurt, and he was out of the top six sometimes. fogel has gone up there bumping Brown down. I think Brown is playing better lately. Uh, you know, more puck possession, stronger on the forecheck. So, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think sometimes you have to go with who a player is. Um, so, I don't know if we'd see a player... Like Hamlin get to go on the top line because he gets a goal or two over a stretch of games. I got one here from Bert. That's slightly off topic, but kind of
1: on topic. Uh, of the, well, it's a sports show, so here we go. Uh, Reed, <laughs> are you going to name your favorite college football team so someone other than Alabama gets some airtime oh, on
0: Six for Each End? That's from Bert. I don't have a Explain, favorite.
1: Explain Reed Wilkins for those
0: who are. I, I don't have a favorite college football team. I don't follow American college football that closely. I'll watch the, the final four games, I guess, if they're not on the same time as – well, they're on New Year's Day, so I'll probably have time to watch. Uh, yes, Bob likes Alabama. But Alabama would be talked about a lot anyway. They're a a premier program, but I I don't have a college football team. So I'm sorry. Was that Bert you said? That's Bert. I believe also
1: on on X or Twitter or whatever earlier today, Tony Barr from Oilers TV said that there is a friendly wager on the upcoming, what is it, Michigan-Alabama Oh, Hyman
0: Hyman and uh, Bob have bet uh, they got to wear a hat. Uh, Hyman would have to wear an Alabama hat for in a, a scrum, and mm. Bob would have to wear a Michigan hat on That's no, sports. No, I, I won't be engaging. I mean, everybody knows my favorite NFL team, as is yours, is the Seahawks. Kellen and yeah, people we probably, are no spot probably talk, talk right about now. them more than we more than we need to anyway. So no, I will not be. Uh, I will not be adopting and therefore not naming my fa- my favorite American right. college football team. Hey, we got the guy who made the Bears fly coming up next. Ooh.
1: You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. But up
0: Right wing side, here's Hodnett for Nash, Nash, bottom right circle, pass
1: in front, they scar! Landon Hanson, the bringer of
0: bears! Oh yeah, Andrew Peard with the call on the Oil Kings Audio Network Friday night from Rogers Place, the Teddy bear toss goal scored by this man from the Edmonton Oil Kings, Landon Hanson. Landon, my name's Reed. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for making time for us tonight. Take yeah, us through totally. the moment of scoring the teddy bear goal. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, just a great play
2: in total. I know it was kind of a bouncing puck, but great play by uh, my line mates and topped it home. I didn't honestly, I didn't even realize scored the teddy bear toss at first i was just happy i scored and then i got hit in the head with the teddy bear and they all came flying down so it was awesome
0: <laughs> all right so what's it like being on the ice uh, when the bears start coming down oh it's awesome you just look up and you probably need an umbrella or something out there
2: but all those bears coming down with a packed barn is pretty surreal and a great experience and it's for a great cause so it was, it was awesome
0: well yeah helping out 630 Chet status anonymous so when when it's happening and i know you guys have to help collect the bears so do you did you go stand under cover for a while or do you immediately st- help get them in piles so they can be collected what happens uh well all the all the guys
2: came out. We started skating around, you know, having a little bit of fun. I know there's a big bear pile in the far corner that we're all jumping in and taking pictures with, so that was fun. But when, once the fun was over, yeah, we had to grab a couple bears and throw, throw them into the corners and pile them up and get them some green tarps and help the help the rink people out there. But there's a lot of bears, so it took a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, was it, was it kind of weird restarting the game after that? Yeah,
2: it was. Honestly, uh, it felt like we just won an OT winner because there's so much energy in there. So your mind kind of shifts a little bit. So it took a while for us to get our feedback under, under right, us. So.
0: Right on. Well, you guys got the win over Everett. So uh, good job that uh, you got the teddy bear goal and you guys got a victory. Uh, Landon, you're from Grand Prairie, are you not? Yes, I am. So uh, how long have you been playing hockey? Um, uh, Since I was three. Wow, well, since you were three, who, so was this your dad threw the skates on you, older sibling? What happened? Yeah, my dad, uh, he, he played hockey a little
2: bit back in his day. So uh, he gave me a mini stick and fell in love with the game pretty quick.
0: Okay, and when did you sort of start to advance, you know, when you were playing a higher level and stuff like that?
2: Uh, probably in Pee Wee second year. That was kind of my year. I moved away and started building. So that's when I knew that hockey was going to be a little bit of a better pathway for me and more of a profession that I could make it out to be. But, yeah, probably when I was like 12, 13, I moved away to Kelowna.
0: Oh, wow. So that's, so you got to make a decision pretty young. Eh? How hard was that? It was difficult at first. It was really hard.
2: I got, got homesick, but got to come home for Christmas that year and see the family again. It kind of relieved me of that homesickness and... Here I am now. Just good. Good living by myself. It's been really good.
0: Right on. Okay. And then how did you wind up with the Oil Kings? Uh, I wasn't drafted at first, but I was a listed player,
2: so I got protected and went to camp and got signed out of the camp when I was 16 and then waited waited a year, and now I'm 17-year-old playing as a rookie.
0: Right. And did you, I understand because of some injuries, you've been getting a little more responsibility too, haven't you?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Um obviously it's never good to have injuries and always want to keep healthy but yeah i've been moved up in the lineup here and there and i'm just trying to do my best do my part for the team
0: yeah okay well that's awesome stuff Uh, what's up for the team this week uh just
2: practice week kind of reset before get into our weekend games play friday and saturday so those are two big games and uh, got a whole week of practices ahead of us, so
0: hopefully you're ready for those. Okay, and are you are you, are you still in high school then, or are you one year out? Uh, I'm still in high school. I'm in my last year. Oh geez, so you like this is a break for you to do a radio interview then from hockey and schoolwork. <laughs> yeah, know. school, <work. laughs>
2: yeah, <no. laughs> school and hockey is all I know.
0: Okay, well you're a good interview as well. So thanks for doing that. And anybody, uh, I assume you know Grand Prairie is not close, but at least it's in the same province. Do you have uh, family and friends coming to a lot of the home games? Yeah,
2: my parents try and get up every every once in a while. It's only about four hours, so they can make a day trip out of it, especially on Sunday games we play earlier. So I kind of see them here and there, but they're up last weekend for the game, so it also helps that I scored one for them too.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, Landon, well, congratulations on the teddy bear goal. All the best the rest of the season. Thanks for hopping on the show. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Reed. That is the guy who made the fur fly, Landon Hanson, the scorer of the teddy bear toss goal for the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings on Friday night. Uh, just, <laughs> it's such an incredible spectacle, and uh, yeah, over fourteen thousand seven hundred bears for six thirty. Chad, sound anonymous. Oh my goodness, we got to go. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reid. Have a good evening. I'm not afraid of